Chapter Twenty Eight of House, Garden, and Field by L. C. Meole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Natural History Excursion. The Natural History Excursion, which ought to be a first rate teaching expedient, often fails to answer its purpose for lack of a good method. The leader observes, collects, and names. The class accompanies, hears, and it may be attends for a moment but soon gets discouraged by the technical information that is poured out so freely. Then people get into conversation with one another, not all the time on natural history. I have heard such excursionists absorbed in political discussion, and have also remarked that young people of different sexes now and then separate in pairs to talk about things that happen to interest themselves. This is excusable enough, but it is not natural history. To make things go as they should, there must be work cut out for every member of the party. Field lectures often fail to interest. The naming of a crowd of unfamiliar plants or animals is quite certain to come to nothing. But if you can persuade every member of the class to search for some particular thing, there may be a chance of a profitable time. It is good, I think, to deal with one small department of natural history at a time. The special aim, for instance, may be the characters of the common trees, or the notes of the common birds, or the means of dispersal of fruits and seeds, or the habits of aquatic insect larvae, or the effect of difference of soil upon vegetation. We shall do well to avoid, for fear of distraction, the mixing up of different studies in one short ramble. Having decided on the main object of the excursion, we shall consider how to persuade every member of the class to take his share of the work. I have found nothing better than to distribute a paper of questions and instructions. The leader should go over the ground in advance and note the things that will lead to observation and discussion. Then the party may ramble on to a halting place agreed on beforehand, where they will stop, examine, and discuss what has been found. Suppose that the main purpose of the excursion is to study the dispersal of fruits and seeds. The printed or typewritten program may be of this kind. Excursion Program Number 1. 1. Note plants which are apparently dispersed by running water. 2. Gather specimens of the meadow geranium, with fruits in various stages of development, and especially some which have shot off their seeds. 3. See what happens when ripe fruits of wood sorrel are gently nipped, and try to discover something about the mode of dispersal of the seeds of this plant. 4. In walking through the underwood, notice what fruits and seeds cling to your clothes and bring examples for identification. 5. Find two or three trees which bear winged fruits. 6. Find two or three trees or shrubs which bear fruits likely to prove attractive to birds. 7. Bring seed vessels of dog violet, some full and some empty. 8. Find fruiting heads of goat's beard and try to make out how the fruits of this plant are dispersed. 9. Bring ripe pods of willow herb for observation of the mode of escape of the seeds. When the halting place is reached, there will be a demonstration with explanations and discussions. Another day, the scene may be a North Country moor, and the instructions given out may be somewhat of this kind. Excursion program number 2. 1. Bring specimens of two or three moorland ferns. 2. Find seedlings of firs and notice the leaves which they bear. 3. Bring specimens of two or three moorland plants with rolled leaves. 4. Bring specimens of two or three moorland grasses and observe how they differ in general appearance from meadow grasses. 5. 
A low, coniferous tree with a fruit like a berry will be passed. Bring a branch of this. 6. Two kinds of crowberry, male and female, will be met with. Bring a specimen of each. 7. There is a small water plant, which is only found in this district in springs, just where they break from the ground. Bring some of this. 8. Find a bilberry in flower and notice how the pollen escapes from the anthers. Do you observe any other peculiarity about the anthers? Let us next examine the animal life of a brook flowing through a rocky glen. Excursion program number three. One, search the pebbles in the brook for the freshwater limpet, Ancelus, and bring an example in a glass tube. Two, find a caddis worm whose case is made of small shells and another whose case is made of sticks and straws. Bring specimens in tubes. Three, in the mill dam, specimens of cyclus can be got by dredging. Bring one of these. 4. Colonies of a freshwater polyzoan are to be found in the same place, clinging to twigs underwater. Bring a small piece. 5. Just above the mill, a thread of water trickles into the brook over a bank of tufa. Here is a little pool where the green hydra is usually met with. Break off a little of the tufa with a hydra attached. 6. Two leeches are common in the brook and will often be lifted out with the stones. Bring specimens. 7. Just above the waterfall, the stones are covered with simulium larvae. Bring a stone with attached larvae. 8. In the Elysma pond near the waterfall, a large pond snail with transparent shell is found. Bring two specimens for the aquarium, taking care not to break the shells. 9. If the sun shines, volvox may be found abundantly in the same pond by sweeping with a muslin net. Collect specimens and float them in a wide-mouthed bottle. Where animals, even animals of low grade, are captured, the greatest care must be taken to avoid cruelty. The specimens collected for examination should either be speedily returned uninjured to their native haunts, or, if required for study, killed expeditiously by immersion in a preservation fluid such as alcohol or a 4% solution of formalin. On no account should a number of different live animals be allowed to torment one another by being carried in the same vessel. It is good to follow up the field excursion by a meeting for examination of results. Things may then be studied which before were only glanced at, and things of great interest will very likely be brought to light which escaped notice when they were captured. The chief difficulty to be faced is that such a crowd of objects will often be brought home that there is not time to examine all carefully. When this happens, my advice would be avoid distraction, no matter how many curious objects are passed over. End of chapter 28